You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. My worlds collided this week when Leanne got to meet my business coach, Chad. I thought it was the perfect opportunity to have um, them together after Leanne and I just came off of a big break that was inspired by one of my sessions with Chad. Don't worry if you're confused. It's all going to make sense soon um, when you listen to this episode. Be sure when you're done to subscribe to this, to like it, to leave us a nice rating. This is the stuff that keeps Leanne and I going and this thing's sustainable. And we're so proud of everyone that's helped make us come along as far as we have. So thank you for that. Um, If you're not already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching at Have the Convo. And definitely after this episode, follow at Forward Partners on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, He's got really cool things coming up in his Facebook community. Go check him out at Forward Partners. Enjoy this episode, guys. I'm super, super proud of it. So I was talking to Leanne, and we took your advice. We took our rest. We took our time off, and you're our first person back. So we did it. Awesome. I'm excited to hear how that went. It, It was great. It was a great breather, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's fun to like get that the, like reignition to like be excited to be back. You know what I mean? Yep. Not that it was monotonous by any means, but you know you end up missing something, and it's just so exciting to to be back. And I'm excited to meet you because I've also heard many decent things. <laughs> it won't be near as exciting as you think it will be. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. No, the break was good. I feel like. I mean, obviously, I talked to both of you outside of this this medium, but um, I was ready to get back. And then today, like around 12 o'clock, I was like, holy crap, we're back. We're doing this. And then I was like, <laughs> I didn't get done half the things I thought I wanted to get done, but I still feel prepared. I feel like we kind of left on such a good foundation, which I can accredit to you and what you do, um, obviously, at Forward Partners. So. Well, and you also have to keep in mind the time that you took off was filled with the horror show that is the world right now and trying to figure out how kids are going to do school at home. What is that going to look like? I mean, it's it's not like it was all time off where you were completely relaxed either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I know I said the first two weeks were like, I, I like went into panic mode. Like immediately I was like, Leanne's not coming back. I know and I've talked to you about this and I like had all these things. <laughs> Finally an out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. I've been waiting it's always amazing those stories that we tell ourselves that like we automatically jump to the worst case scenario. I mean, when, when my oldest started driving, like he would be 10 minutes late. And in my mind, he's dead on the side of the road. We're going to have to go claim the body and figure out what happened. And it's, yeah. that's just what our brains do to us. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's not helpful. <laughs> no, not at all. Because he always came back. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to tell us a little bit about why you started Forward Partners, we can start there. Sure. Um, you know, I started Forward Partners. I owned, I've owned a business now for 15 years, and it's, it's a marketing business. And so being in marketing, you deal with a lot of leaders and other business owners. And I noticed over and over again that their lives were just miserable, that while they're doing something they love, they're constantly on that edge of burnout. They're constantly you know, dealing with things that, that we shouldn't have to deal with. And then I'm on that parallel journey myself. 
of always being burned out, always being exhausted, never finding the success that I wanted and, and yet working constantly. And so it, it really kind of has been this multi, at this point, it's sad to say, but multi-decade journey of trying to figure out how do we lead well? You know, I've seen so many bad examples and I've led horribly sometimes. And, you know, I've been leading people since I was like 20 years old. And so, you know, 20 year olds are idiots. I'm sorry for all the 20 year olds. If anyone's listening to this, but you're a moron. (laughs) The faster you realize that the better your life is going to be. And so, by the way, I'm 40 now and I'm still an idiot. So you're half an idiot at 20. I'm smarter than I was at 20, not as good as I will be at 60. So, um, you got to kind of keep that in mind. But, you know, I've, I've spent so many years trying to build something successful and yet having to sacrifice my family to do it, having to sacrifice my own health to do it and never finding that success. And so it really started this journey to figure out how do we lead well? How do we figure out how to, you know, create the things we want to create and yet not have to sacrifice ourselves and our families on the altar of that success? And so we really started down this road. First, we asked the question, do we even need to do this? Um, You know, there are a million leadership development companies on this earth. And so the, obviously you look around and you see the amount of unhealthy leaders and you say, oh, okay, maybe we do need to do this. This hasn't been entirely solved yet. And there are people that we're meant to impact that so far haven't been impacted in this way. And so we, we just developed our own leadership development system that's in no way revolutionary. It's just good, basic, healthy steps that if you take these consistently, you're probably going to end up in a much better place than if you don't. And it's really kind of countercultural. It goes against what the world has taught us in terms of leadership and building businesses and entrepreneurship and what it should be. And it goes against all of that and says, look, we've got to rethink this because if we keep doing it that way, all we find is burnout and brokenness and, you know, broken marriages and suicide and and these really, really dark outcomes in the name of success. And so is there a better way? And so we just went on a journey to try to figure that out. And over the years have developed a system that, you know, as we apply it with people more and more, whether it's individuals or in a group setting, We've done this for educators, law enforcement, business owners, pastors, and across all of those those different, um, I guess, genres, that's not the right word, across all those different areas, um, it really does make a difference. And it really does lead to healthier leaders. And we genuinely believe if we can do that, if we can train and help people become healthier leaders, that can change the entire world. And so we really are trying to focus on those four, we call them the four pillars. If we can help educators, pastors, business owners in the corporate world and law enforcement, we believe that those four pillars can change entire cities. And so our goal over the next 40 years is to train and walk with leaders in all of those pillars as closely as we can to try to impact them and see what then they can do to their organizations and to cities and, you know, entire countries, if we like to think on a really grand scale. That's awesome. Do you have like a story in your own life of like your breaking point that made you realize like, hey, <laughs> I, I need to figure this out. I am not balanced. <laughs> I remember it and it is as painful today as it was back then. So it was the end of 2010 and I was sitting on my parents' back porch with my parents there and my wife and my three sons inside. 
at that point we were five years into owning the business. And so we spent the first five years just almost going out of business constantly. It was exhausting. I didn't start the business in the best way. And I, so not having that foundation, we spent that first five years really struggling. And the one thing I knew was I was meant to do this, but I also knew I was meant to probably not work for somebody else. I think at this point I'm almost unemployable uh, because I really have pretty strong feelings about how things should be done. <laughs> and so I was sitting on the back porch with him. I understand. <laughs> you get it, right? That's why we're all on this journey totally because no it. one else will have us. <laughs> Island Misfits. <laughs> we really, you know, what's funny is I, I referred to my team for a long time as my own Island Misfit toys. Really? And, uh, I don't know if they took that as, as I meant it in a really nice way. I don't think they took it that way. Yeah, they're like, um, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I remember sitting on that back porch and I'm just in tears because they're all looking at me going, you are absolutely letting your family down. You have got mm-hmm. to either figure this out or you got to go get a job. And I was raised that you could do anything in the world you wanted to if you were willing to work hard enough. And the reality was I was working like crazy. And that was part of the issue. I was working, you know, 15, 16, 18 hours every single day, seven days a week. And that was part of why we weren't finding success. And the other piece was I just wasn't doing what really needed to be done. I was, I was really good at what I did. And so part of me was sitting there in my very young head going, okay, when are people going to discover how good I am at this? And just waiting on them to come discover me instead of going out and saying, hey, I want your business. I want to help you. And so it was funny because I remember that moment of looking at all of them, realizing that I had let them all down and also understanding deep inside that I could not under any circumstances go get a job. <laughs> but I committed to them. I said, here's what we'll do. I said, give me six months. If we're not profitable in six months, I will have a job at the end of that. And in the meantime, I'll be looking for a job. I actually went on a couple interviews, but the reality was we were profitable within 30 days. It really, all it took was that like, hey, do this or this is the end of your dream. Because I knew, I knew how hard it had been up to that point. And so I knew that there was probably not going to be another point in my life if I let this go where I said, hey, you know what, I'm up for that beating again, because it really is a beating. It is a day in, day out grind, and it's so difficult. And I just knew I wasn't ever going to try that again. And so it was now or never. And it took 30 days. I mean, I literally went out and started pounding the pavement and getting all the business I could, coming up with new ideas and new things, and it re-energized me in a way. And that, that really hitting that rock bottom of just seeing my family and knowing I had disappointed them and let them down, that was what it took. I needed to see that. I needed to understand the hurt that I'd caused and the, the position that I'd put them in um, while they tried to support me. And so here, you know, we are, that was in, at the end of 2010. So end of January, 2011, we were making money at that point. And it very rapidly started to grow from there. And, um, you know, and then a couple of years ago, we started this journey to do leadership development and see, see what we could make of that. And that has grown relatively quickly and turned into something that we really have a 40-year vision for. So it's, it was a weird journey to go in a decade from, I'm not sure how my life is even going to continue working to, hey, this is something I really want to do for the rest of my life. I say 40 years. I say I'm going to do it till I'm 80 because I can yell at people from a stage at 80. I really want to do it till I'm gone. Uh, but my wife's already a little irritated that I'm going to work till I'm 80. So yeah, right, that's, right. that's our compromise. 
<laughs> I love it. There's been so many moments in me like working through the program that you facilitated with board partners where like we, we've laughed, laughed about it in our, um, in our conversations about how I'll be walking through and I'll be stressed out and I'll just randomly yell 40 years because like I have to get my head out of that space of why isn't this working right now and really looking towards it at like the 40 year vision of what is it that you're working towards now shut up and get to work. Um, you know, that's been really helpful for me. Absolutely. And that's one of the hardest things for people to get their head around because they're so, we get so mired in just what we're facing today. And I'm the same way, by the way, as a guy who teaches people how to do this, like I was yesterday, I was just in a real pissy mood. And most of it was just things going on that day, things not working like I wanted them to. And I had to do exactly what you did. I stopped and remind myself that this is one day in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And so that one day is not going to matter when we zoom out and look at that entire timeline. Mm -hmm. So helping people figure out how to envision that is one of the hardest steps, but also one of the biggest steps. It, it, it gives them the most benefit, honestly, because then they can see something beyond just today, tomorrow. Yeah, it really does help. I know Cal is the same way as me, but we both are overthinkers and a bit of a perfectionist, I think. And so it's, it's so, it's almost a relief to think of it in, in a 40 year plan or just a grander plan because you can get so stuck in all the details and thinking, you know, a hundred different ways about one little thing. And then when you realize like, okay, hold on, we're going for 40 years here, then it kind of just makes all that evaporate and just, you just make a decision, you know? Yeah. You do. It gives you a freedom to just, our philosophy is it, part of the reason we named it forward partners is it's keep moving forward. Success is not these big grand leaps. It's just taking one step after another and you keep moving. You just don't give up. And eventually if you do that for long enough, you are going to find what you're looking for or something better. Honestly, usually what we picture as, success, we blow way past that, or we find something entirely different that really makes a difference in our lives and other people's lives. And so it, it really is about that. Just keep moving forward one day at a time. And that is so much easier. There's freedom in knowing we've got a long time to figure this out. And so you're free to make mistakes. You're free to go down these blind alleys that end up, you learn something, but it's not really where you wanted to go. So you back off a little and you try something else. And that freedom, it, it just, it relieves so much stress and so much of that overthinking. Cause I can fall into that same thing where I'm going to, I'm going to think through every detail of this. And part of us likes that because it, there's comfort in the thinking and the planning and, the and it prevents us from, it, we have control over that. And then we don't have to actually move because moving is scary. Moving is yeah. scary. <laughs> That's so true. After, after your family sat down and had that talk with you, like, you said you like kicked your butt in gear, but what have you always been like, I'm a procrastinator myself. So have you always kind of needed like the fire under your butt to, to get going? Yes. If I don't have a deadline, nothing is happening ever. Yeah. And I, I have a <laughs> entire group of high school teachers that can attest to that really? uh, because <laughs> I cannot, man, I, I spent my whole life and really up to this day, I finally learned how to manage it. I've learned how to manage myself and give myself those deadlines and put people in my life that are going to really kick me in the butt when I need it to get me moving because otherwise I'll just sit. I love 
love planning. I love creating ideas and these, these things we're going to do. And I really hate launching because I'm so scared that no one's going to show up. That's always that fear. Like, hey, yeah, of you know, course. you're putting yourself out there. It's, it's a vulnerable place. Absolutely. Which is probably why I really like having a job now where I help other people plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I push them yeah. to go launch. Yeah. <laughs> I told someone the other day, I really love coaching on leading way better than actually leading. Than actually leading. That's so funny. No, I, I, you're good at it. You're good at both. Thank you. I, I mean, I've worked for you and then I've now I've partnered alongside of you with this. So it's been interesting, that dynamic too, because I've seen, I've had access to your calendar. I've been inside your brain when you have an idea and you want to go. And Leanne, you have that for me too. Like, you know, when I get something, I can just... I'll just pull it out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden we're in a different direction. And that's not always the best, but I think that's, you've helped me become more intentional, I guess, with knowing when to really go crazy and when to just focus. Well, yeah. and what's really funny is you were, you were my second team member ever. And so yeah. if I had any positive impact on your life at that time, it was an absolute <laughs> miracle because this is, that was pre, Hey, I think I figured out how to lead myself better. Chad, that was the Chad that was just like, let's work all the time. Let's do what we can. Let's jump from thing to thing. I, I, I've never been diagnosed as ADD, but I'm all over the place. Yeah. And so I have yeah. to have things to focus me. So that was a long time ago and I was probably not very good at what I did at that time. Are you kidding? You were the best boss I've ever had. And you were the first boss. I'm not even kidding. I can attest to that. She's told me that. Before. Yeah, I've, I've said that. And you were the first boss that I ever had that put mental health in the forefront of a conversation company-wide. And I thought that was huge. And that's something that obviously we do here at HTC, but that I try to do across the board because it's so important to just acknowledge that. Not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's part of what we see with unhealthy leadership is you end up building unhealthy organizations. Right. And those unhealthy organizations will just grind people down to nothing. And you end up with burned out, unhappy people. And that's a lot of what we get to do now, even beyond individual coaching, is getting to go into organizations that have, they've grown, but not with intention. And so they've become this big machine that really is grinding people down. And, and there's a lot of unhappy people in there and try to figure out why is that? Where is the machine broken? What needs to be adjusted? Usually it's the individuals need to grow and the organization needs to grow. And so that's always an interesting prospect to try to take something that is broken and fix it to where mm -hmm. people, you know, they can enjoy showing up to work. That was part of the other origin of this whole thing is even in the, the darkest times of owning a business, I love what I do. And I've always loved showing up to work every day. And so I, I always encounter these people that don't. And it, that baffles my mind. I'm like, why would you keep showing up then? Why not go on a journey and find out what you're meant to do? Because mm -hmm. that is so much more fulfilling and so much more exciting to serve a purpose that you're meant to do that you were created for. I think that's where that fear comes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fear of, yeah, the unknown. But I, I see the mug, Cala. It makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Leanne got me some swag. <laughs> swag. That is cool. Um, have you seen the movie, the, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I have not. No. Is that I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. It's it's all about what you just talked about. There's this guy, and he's played by Ben Stiller, who's like my favorite actor. And um, he's going into work every day. He's like grinding, and he has these daydreams, like these very vivid daydreams that like he has to like snap in and out of, and and um. 
he wastes time because he's dreaming so much. And then finally he starts like things are popping into his life. And instead of saying no and putting his head down, he starts saying yes and putting himself mm -hmm. out of his comfort zone. And, and it's kind of like in, you know, in a theatrical way, his, his life becomes his daydreams and it's, it's really, really cool. And he, and he's fulfilled and he's happy. And, and that, that's like, that's why it's my favorite movie. Cause I'm like, that's what I want. Like who doesn't want that? You know? <laughs> but there, you got to understand too, we live in a society that says no to that that says if you're going to jump out there and go on this journey that you're crazy. And that's probably, I'm guessing, the point of the movie. I mean, he's seeing all this through daydreams because, and we live in a world that, that has very clearly defined what success looks like. And yet you meet people that have achieved those things and they're usually pretty miserable. And we're not willing to step back and question that and say, okay, is this really what we should be chasing? Versus saying, what is, why do I exist? What is my purpose? And how can I go find a way to do that somehow, whether it's through a job or just through how you live your life. Um, I always tell people, you know, my purpose is teaching and encouraging people. And the reality is I can do that as a leadership development coach, or I can go be a barista at Starbucks. Yeah. And I'm going to teach and encourage every person that walks through there and get them excited yeah. about their lives and their days and, and help them in any way I can. And so it's finding out what that purpose is. And once you have that, it starts to help you make better decisions and also gives you the I guess, willingness to go to jump off of some cliffs and say, this is crazy. And I don't know where this is going to go. But let's try it. Because why not? It does make it less scary. Because when you are rooted in like, I mean, I feel like this is exactly the journey that I've been on the past, you know, six months of just like, I have these ideas, I want to do them. How do I make them happen? I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And holy crap, let's just do it because now I put it on paper and walk <laughs> through it and said, like, this is what this is. If I'm doing these things to get to this result, it doesn't mean I know the exact way. But if I'm in that direction, yep. um, I'm, I'm on the right, right path. And I can do that, like you said, podcast, writing mm -hmm. or not. You know, I can just do that within my own family or with my friends or whatever. It's, it's nice to have that. And that's the beauty of trying things is you have freedom yeah. to let's try it. And based on your life, I mean, it depends on the choice you're making too. Like if it's, of course. I'm going to quit my super high paying job and go make $20,000 a year to chase my dream, that better work pretty quickly. You better yeah. be pretty committed <laughs> to making that happen. But there is a freedom there to just being able to try some things and see what happens and not have to conform to other people's expectations. Because I think that mm -hmm. becomes a big driver for so much of what we do. Like even, even sitting on my parents' back porch there, their expectation was not necessarily that I have to get a job, but their expectation was you do need to provide for your family. And they weren't wrong about that. And so right. that was a very broad expectation. And then I had freedom to figure out within that, how do I do that? And they've always given that support. My wife, good Lord, we yesterday was our 19th anniversary and wow. she's had 19 years of putting up with my BS of just, oh, let's go do this thing. Now let's try this. Oh, you know what? I kind of like photography as a hobby. Let's start a <laughs> photography business, you know? And we've been on this weird journey where I, she calls it trying to figure out what I want to do. But thankfully, it's all kind of been in that marketing arena. So I could put it under one umbrella and say, yeah, this, this counts uh, yeah. and have some tax write-offs for some new equipment. But she's <laughs> followed me on that journey and they've always supported it. And just with that kind of broad expectation, it's when those expectations get real narrow and people are like, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to yeah. be a mom or whatever it is. You know, those expectations, when they're not what you're meant to do, they can weigh on you and just wreck 
your entire life because you're trying yep. to live that out and you can't. But it's amazing too that you have people in your life, like your wife and your kids that and your parents that will support that. Cause like a lot of, um, the podcast that I listen to, they'll have different authors on and they talk about their books that have just blown up, but they always talk about like behind the scenes. Like we only see when they're on the New York times bestseller list. And like, they're like, this book's been out for six years. Like you don't get, I've, I've been living in a box, like, you know, and, and Absolutely. a lot of times it's like, you have to just throw darts and, and until something sticks and, and, and that's a lot of times what makes you successful. It's not necessarily all work. It's, it's work and luck and, and mm -hmm. trying different things, you know? Well, and it's that idea of keep moving forward. We've been mm -hmm. sold this bill of goods that, we're going to find some overnight success. I mean, if you look at the news, if you look at the stars that are on, you know, YouTube or, or TikTok or whatever it is, it's like, oh, these people just happen. Yeah. Nobody just happens. Like yeah. if you look at all the people in the world that have ever tried anything, I mean, 90% of businesses don't survive a decade. That means when you start one, there is a 10% chance your business will work. And I always tell people, if you're going into surgery and those were the odds, you're probably not having that surgery unless you absolutely have to, because it's not yeah, going to yeah. go well. And no, so, so knowing true. that, you know, there is no overnight success. There is years and years of grinding and trying to figure it out. And I fully acknowledge between my parents who raised me to understand that I could do literally anything in the world I wanted to. And my wife, who um, is probably irritated at my parents for teaching me that because every time we'll be watching a, a TV show and I'm like, yeah, I think I could go be that. You know, somebody will, somebody will be playing a piano. I'm like, I think I could play the piano one of these days. And she's like, no, stop. You know, stop I was, it. I was, my son was, had to write a story the other day. And I just, I went into this weird improv, like for five minutes, I just went off on this tangent and started making this whole story up and acting it out. And at the end, I was like, I think I could be an actor. This would be great. <laughs> So my wife, even though that irritates the heck out of her, she is still so supportive. And so I fully acknowledge that's part of why I'm so dedicated to trying to impact other people, because I know how blessed I am. I mean, at any point, she would have been well within her rights to look at me and say, stop, like yeah. you're an idiot, please quit. And my parents should have looked at me and said that multiple <laughs> times through my life, but they didn't. And so I think that's the, and that was that back porch moment. Like that was, it wasn't necessarily stop, but it was, Hey, you need to understand there's a cliff here and you are moving very rapidly towards the edge. And I was able to back off of that. And so yeah. that was, that was one of those moments, but they have always supported that. And without that, that's part of why I think leaders struggle so much is a lot of people don't have that support. I deal with a lot of leaders who are, you know, they don't have that support in their organization. They don't have that support at home. They weren't raised to believe they could do anything. And that's yeah, a hard, yeah. you're, you're playing from behind at that point. Yeah, yeah. But that's where, that's where most people's mindset is. So Okay. So obviously confidence is not an issue for you. <laughs> oh, confidence is such an issue for me. Let for me tell you something. I was, so I started school a year early. I have a July birthday, so I qualified and I took the test. So I started a year early. Look at that. We're all geniuses. We were baby geniuses. So I started, so you guys understand that the part of that is you might be technically old enough and you might be smart enough to do that, but you are also not socially quite there. And so socially, I was a year behind everybody else. Physically, I'm, I mean, I'm 6'2", you know, 250 pounds now. So I'm a big guy. 
I was not in school. I was tiny. I was half the height of everybody in my class. So from a first grade to about 11th grade, I feel like I was just picked on constantly, like nonstop, hated going to school, hated being around other people. And so for all that time, there was zero confidence. There was, you know, this, your, your brain develops in a way to protect you from some of that. And so it wasn't until later that I discovered some of that confidence and it was through getting into work. So I started working at 14 as a designer and being a kid in a professional environment and being able to thrive and actually do great work that was recognized by adults. That's where I started to finally gain some confidence. And for years, I was bitter about that. I was so bitter about the, the way I ended up in school and how that all worked out and, and what I feel like it did to me. And then I had sons. And now I'm so thankful I went through that time because they went through the exact same thing. They were half the height of everybody else. They were born in the summer, so they started early. And they have handled that so much better. They have so much confidence right now at they're 15, uh, 17, and 20. They have more confidence than I ever had at that point. And so much of it is because I think I was there to guide them and say, guys, it really is going to be okay. You are going to grow someday, I promise. And who you are shouldn't be defined by how other people treat you. And it's not about how big you are. So all that, that long story to say, no, confidence, was that was a serious problem for me for a very, very long time. And it wasn't until I got out there professionally and started helping other people that I started to gain that and that ability to, to this day, I can stand on a stage in front of a thousand people and talk. Doesn't bother me even a little bit. If I have to walk into a room of 20 people I don't know, it freaks me out. I have to psych myself up to walk into that room because my brain just knows that somebody's going to be mean to me. At this point, it's probably been 25 five years since anyone was mean to me in a public setting. And yet my brain still thinks that it's such a weird dynamic in how that works. Yeah, it really is. That's, that's what I, uh, my boyfriend Clayton's kind of similar that way. Like he's, he's very confident. He'll talk in front of anybody. And I remember on one of our first dates, we went to a um, crawfish boil that one of my clients was having. And, uh, he, I only knew my client and Clayton who I brought. And um, so my client left to go talk to some of his coworkers and we were finishing up our food. And when we finally finished, we we're sitting there and he's like, well, do you want to go mingle? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't want to go mingle. Mingle's <laughs> a bad like, word. So fearless that, that helps me, you know, put myself up. Cause I, I have the same thing. Like my job's more one-on-one. So I don't really talk in yeah. groups, but, um, but I, I haven't, even even if it is an awkward encounter, it hasn't been a. I haven't had a negative encounter in in ages, and but my brain still automatically. My first reaction is like, "Don't put yourself out there. Like, don't do mm-hmm. it. The world will end." And I, I it's I exhausting that. too for it to still function that way. Even though part of how I get past that now is I really do focus on impact. I look at those 20 people and part of the reason I walk into that room, I'm like, look, maybe there is a threat in there. Maybe after 15, 20 years of people being nice to you, somebody's going to be a jackass. It's possible. But there's 20 people in that room that I might be able to positively impact. I might be able to help them. And that's what gets me in there. Now, I'm still a little freaked out when I walk in and I know when I'm done with that, I'm going to be exhausted. So I'm going to have to go home, be by myself and just kind of recharge that way. But I'm willing to walk into it because I'm focused on that impact and less on my fear of what could be, even though I know it won't be. That's so funny that the answer 
to like your fear is usually just getting out of your own way. Like if you focus not on yourself, on other people, it's like, then you can actually get out there and do things. That's, that's really interesting. It's true of so many things. If you will focus outward, that's part of why we, when we're trying to get people to, to see purpose and to chase that, the purpose is almost always focused on how you impact other people. It's not focused on what you want your job to be or what you want your life to be. It's focused on how do you impact others. And we're honestly on this 40-year journey, somewhere on down the road, we have on the roadmap, developing a version of this for teenagers. Because as I'm raising my sons and we're, we're trying to help them have that outward focus and it starts really young with even as simple as walking into the grocery store and I, I always tell them you have your head on a swivel. You are looking for a person to grab their cart and take it for them so they don't have to open a door, do whatever you can to help anybody in the smallest way. It takes us forever to get in the store because by the time we've, you know, helped 20 people on the way in, but my kids were, you know, they were so excited and now as teenagers, they live their lives that way. And I see it. I have other people pull me aside all the time and tell me what, what not just good kids they are. Cause I think we try to raise good, but that's such a weird, you know, it, that can be a very broad thing, but how our kids do help others and how they're focused on that. And so we want to create a version of this that, that goes into high schools and says, okay, guys, this is not about finding that job that pays six figures right out of college. This is not about living up to even maybe your parents' expectations of what you should do with your life. This is about figuring out how you are uniquely designed to impact others. Now go chase that and see what happens. See how you can change the world. And to me, that's exciting, being able to get kids outward focused. And if we can start with adults and then get down to kids, that's going to be incredible. That's awesome. I did want to ask because you were talking about how you have kind of like dabbled in photography and then you maybe be an actor and all these things like how do you rein it in like how do you realize like okay maybe this is an idea but it's not where I need to go that's a constant struggle because everything I do my brain automatically wants to turn it into a business even though I know that once it becomes a business I'm going to be miserable I mean Cala is very much that way so like we so the desk I'm working on right now, my parents and I built it. We built all the furniture in our office because we had a small space and we wanted to kind of have a handmade feel. So we built all of that at a blast. It was creative, but there was no clients. There was no deadlines. I just got to work with my hands and it was so much fun. So I'm instantly like, oh, how do I start a business doing this? <laughs> and it, Really for me, it, again, this is going to be kind of a broken record, but it goes back to purpose. I started to separate things in my mind and say, okay, the reason I want to open a woodworking business would have been because I wanted to do that. I wanted some recognition for doing that. And I wanted to, to be known as a guy who created a lot of things versus the, the switch that was made once I figured the purpose out. Okay, my purpose in life is impacting millions of leaders by teaching and encouraging everyone I meet. That to me is so much more important than photography or woodworking. That's part of why we're transitioning out of the marketing business entirely. Because while that does have a great impact and we always, even in the marketing business, we had a bigger purpose of helping small businesses learn how to communicate and grow. And while that was noble, that's not the same as what I'm doing now. So once I figured that out and now I'm comfortable saying, Hey, this thing is a hobby. You know, I, now I take pictures for fun. I don't do it for a paycheck. And so that was a, a big switch for me to, it gave me some focus to say, this is why I exist. 
I can try to run from this and do a thousand things, or I can really focus and intentionally invest in the next four decades and see what happens. See if we can change the world versus building 13 businesses that do 13 random things because my brain is like a squirrel running all over the place. That's not going to have near the impact. It's a hard thing to navigate though, wouldn't you say? Because you get some people who are interested in certain passion projects or little things that you like to do and you think, oh gosh, this really could be something or you start putting your time there, but it does, it it steers you away from your purpose and it just puts it further and further and further away. Um, And I'm dealing with that right now. I think with people wanting websites and clients and things, you know, people wanting to do that stuff and me saying, oh, this sounds really good because I would like some money in my pocket or I enjoy this process. But at the same time, it's like, that's not what I'm put here to do. And to step away from that, it's, it's weird. It's, it's tricky. And for me, I know for me, I, it often makes me question my purpose. Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is this because this is what's showing up for me? You yeah. know, and navigating that is, is, is tricky. It's it is really hard, hard because if we're honest about it, like if you look back at, at what I've done in my life and what I'm doing now, every bit of it makes me better at what I'm doing now. Like the fact that I can do photography and video, like we have a a new YouTube thing that's launching at beginning of October. I can shoot light every bit of it, edit it if I wanted to. I don't want to because I hate editing, but I I can do all those things. And, And having a marketing mind means I can create things. I mean, when we created this business, I'll, I'll tell you guys this, which means I'm telling everyone this, but <laughs> when we started this business, like it really wasn't anything. We created the, the framework of how to lead in a healthy way. And I took it to our local chamber of commerce president. She's a phenomenal leader. I took it to her and I said, Hey, you know, us really well, you know what we've done. Here's what we're thinking of. Are we completely insane? And she said, not only are you not insane, I've got two luncheons in the next month you're going to come speak at and tell people about this. And I was like, oh, well, okay. And so suddenly there, there was this ticking Like, clock. I got to figure out what this thing is. Yeah, you got to make something. And so we, we had the framework. We knew what we were going to teach people, but it wasn't yeah. anything. We didn't have a website. We didn't have materials. And so we threw all that together. And so my marketing background allowed us to put all that together. And I took it to a friend of mine and I was like, here's what we're going to do. And he goes, how are you going to take people's money? And I said, well, I'm, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And he's <laughs> like, well, you're going to stand on stage in front of 300 people. You're going to tell them about this thing. They're going to want to give you money. You need to figure out how to take some money. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, we should do that. Yes. <laughs> so we instantly sat down and we spent a week like devising these coaching groups and these, and so really what we're doing now evolved out of that probably three week period of, we had spent six months building the framework and then three weeks of making it official. And mm-hmm. I had somebody else at one point, they were irritated that I didn't launch it at their event. And they were like, why didn't you, why didn't you do this with us instead of them? And I was like, this isn't anything. <laughs> held up our materials. They go, this is something. Look at this. Yeah. I was like, oh, it looks nice. I see. <laughs> but it really wasn't anything at that time. And so it was just this weird time of jumping into it but it was everything I'd done up to that point. And so it's so hard to figure out I, it, this thing that I want to go try. Is that a part of what I should do long-term? Right. And I think the key is figuring out how to go try that thing, but not feel like that thing has to turn into a giant business. Mm-hmm. And again, goes against what we're taught in America. Like, Oh, you've got an idea, you've got a talent, go monetize that and get a lot of people to give you a lot of money. 
but that's not always the thing. Like I wasn't meant to be a world renowned photographer who got paid for his photos, but the skills I built helped me to this day. Uh, we're going to do a video shoot tomorrow that that is really going to come in handy. And so it's figuring out how to go down those roads and explore things, but not feel like that has to be the thing. You know, it doesn't have to turn into this big machine that you've got to feed all of a sudden. Yeah. It's hard. I know like part of the things that you helped me work through within my businesses were really those, those core values of that helps me know, is this really something worth chasing? If it, if it falls into those things, then yeah, this is worth maybe paying some attention to. Um, but without those, I think you can get really lost really quickly. You can. And it, while those things can add up to something, I think all the roads I went down added up to something. Sure. They weren't, it wasn't intentional. It was accidental. It was, it was, you know, God or the universe or whatever you believe creating something for me, but it wasn't my choice. I didn't decide I'm going to do 13 different things in the quest to figure out how to become a leadership coach. That was never, ever on my radar until really yeah. a few years ago. And so, yeah. It, but in exploring those things, there was some value there. So it's it's not saying no to things. It's saying, hey, maybe I don't have to take this thing and turn it into a profitable venture. Maybe it's just a it's a thing I do. And if you've got those guiding truths and those core values, those those kind of I call them guardrails. They help you make decisions about what to do and what not to do and what to really give your time to, because we all have a very finite amount of time on this earth. And so what are you going to invest that in? And mm -hmm. is that invested in impact or is that invested in just other people's ideas of what should be? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, for people who are like starting their own business or is it a very small, um, like when you had that conversation with your family you said like within three weeks, you like kicked it into gear. Like what was your, I know your thought process was different. Obviously you had like a different attitude about it, but what was your first like outward change? Like what did you do differently that you weren't doing before? I would, at that point I was willing to go out. I was willing to get out of my office and go try to find business and stop waiting on people to discover me. That was the biggest piece that in my mind, here, here's the way my brain was working at the time. It was not necessarily I'm going to build. It was this leaps and bounds thinking, right, versus small steps. It was not I'm going to get a 1,000 clients and I'm going to take care of every one of them and it's going to be a grind and it's going to take years and we'll build something. It was I'm going to take care of this handful of clients and eventually someone is going to walk through this door and say, you're incredible, here's a ton of money and my whole business is going to blow up. That, yep. was, that was kind of the mindset and I think that's the mindset a lot of us have. Yeah. Oh, totally. I keep waiting for someone to discover all the wonderful things I've written in my notebook, in my house that I'm not putting out there. <laughs> you know? exactly. like, why hasn't that happened yet? Yeah. Yeah. It was getting out of the comfort zone. I think that's yeah. really the biggest piece because everybody's struggle will be different. Some people will have no problem going out there. Maybe their problem is the planning piece. It's figuring out what should be and really laying a strong foundation Maybe that's their issue, but they have, they'll just jump out there first. And mm -hmm. my issue was always, I'm good at the planning. I'm just scared to put myself out there. Same. And so that's, everybody's kind of, they struggle in different ways, usually based on how we were raised and what we dealt with as kids in terms of trauma. That usually has something to do with then how we see the world and what we struggle with even into adulthood. Yep. That's what I wanted to ask when you were talking about like finding 
like your purpose and, and not necessarily monetizing that, but kind of using that as like your guiding star, like in, in terms of how you coach people like, like Kala through what your values are and what your purpose is and, and how you want to use that. Like, did you have to, did you, did you like Google that? Did you research that? Or like, did you <laughs> come up with it? We, it's really funny. We, I mean, over the years we've, I've read, watched, you know, a million different leadership things. But what we wanted was for this to be our own thing. We didn't want to take, you know, a, a, I think you can become a certified coach for like John Maxwell. We didn't want to just take their system, repackage it. We wanted to create our own thing and say, what do we believe about healthy leadership? And how do we develop that? And so it's funny, so much of it comes from what I've learned in marketing. You know, effective marketing is really just storytelling. And so developing an effective purpose is so key, but keeping it simple is what truly matters. And so we really deployed some of that marketing thinking to this to say, look, most organizations and most people, if they have a mission, vision, purpose, whatever you want to call it, it's usually BS, right? It's usually just this thing that they create by looking at a thousand different purpose statements, pulling all the things they like and putting it together in a paragraph that doesn't mean anything. It goes on a shelf somewhere. It might be a banner on the wall, but nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever uses it. It doesn't mean anything to the day-to-day life of the team. And so what we wanted to do was create something simple. I mean, when you're writing a headline, the simpler and cleaner it is, the more effective it is. And this is almost like that. Your purpose is almost like a headline for your life. I've actually never said that, but I kind of like that. I'm I like it. it. Write that one it's, down. <laughs> <laughs> done. This is, a, this is an effective day right here. Um, no, it, it really is. So the way we view it, and we view it differently than most people do, your mission plus your vision is your purpose. So your mission is the practical things that you do to impact the people around you. And the vision is what happens if you do that for a very long period of time? What does the world look like? So for me, it's impacting the lives of millions of leaders by teaching and encouraging everyone I meet. So the practical thing I do every day is I get up and I teach and I encourage. And that is everything from my clients to the guy at Carabas yesterday. So for our anniversary, my wife and I, we're not quite going to restaurants yet. Uh, We're still at that place where we're getting takeout. So we got takeout and the guy the guy was phenomenal. He brought it out. He had a little conversation. He was very positive. Like it was just, it's so much better than the person who just walks out and throws the food yeah. in your car. Yeah. And so I'm driving back. It was, it's like a 20 minute drive. It was the anniversary. So I didn't mind going a long way. So I'm driving all the way back <laughs> home. I jump on my phone real quick and I call Carabas and I asked to speak to the manager. I said, Hey, I just want you to know this guy did a phenomenal job. And the guy laughed and he goes, actually, I am that guy. And I was like, oh, well, hey, congratulations. You did a great job. And I just wanted to say I appreciate it. And so it's how you view the world, right? Like that was an opportunity to positively impact the guy because we were standing there in that conversation. And I'm like, how's your day going? He's like, it's going okay. I'm a little tired. I'm working two jobs now trying to provide for the family. And so in that moment, I also got to teach a little. I said, hey, I know you're grinding. You're trying to take care of your family and do what's right you've got to take care of yourself too. I said, if you're not resting during this period in some way, somehow on a regular basis, you're going to burn out and that's not going to help your family either. And so I got to both teach and encourage that guy, even though we're not doing business together. I'm not, he's not a client. And so it becomes that practical thing that you get up and you look around the world and say, how can I impact it? Mm -hmm. And for me, impacting the lives of millions of leaders, that is an exciting, that is a mountain that I can climb my entire life. And so your vision should be kind of 
kind of big and aspirational and scary. And so if you can make those very simple, I teach and encourage and I want to impact millions of leaders. That is so incredibly simple that when you combine those together into one purpose statement, that headline for your life that we're going to call it now, <laughs> it's amazing the power that that has. It helps you make decisions, helps you know if you're on the right track. It helps you see how to impact the people around you. Most importantly for, uh, for leaders and entrepreneurs, it helps you get out of bed. So much of this, I've, I've told Kala over and over, our system is not necessarily, it, it's acknowledging the fact that you're going to get kicked in the teeth a lot and you're going to get knocked yep. down and you don't have to love that, but you have to know how to get back up. And exactly. so this, if you're going to keep moving forward, you got to get up. And our system is basically built to help you do that. And a great purpose statement that gets you out of bed on the days that you're like, uh-uh, I don't have it. I don't want to do this. But then I think of those people. I think of the people that I might encounter today and impact. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going just one more day and we'll see what happens. And inevitably you impact somebody, you go, okay, that's why I do this. And you keep yeah. going down that road. I think that's the only way you can find that longevity that you need in order to find success. If you're going to be one of the 10% of business owners that actually survives, that actually makes something out of this, you've got to have something because money doesn't do it. Because you'll, you will find some money. If you're in business long enough, you will find money. And you'll find that it doesn't bring you anything except, you know, it brings some options, but it also brings a lot more heartache. And it's not as fulfilling as you think it'll be. It's that next shiny thing. And then you'll get some and go, oh, now I need more. Yeah. And so it's got to be bigger than that. And that's where the purpose comes in, is making it a practical thing that drives you and gets you excited every single day. And if we can, and the way we think about it is kind of unique and it's very simple and clean, which is kind of how I do design and creativity. And so that just resonates. It seems to connect with people and it seems to provide something that they're not getting in other places and, and something that hopefully drives them and changes their lives. Have, have you read the book, um, Even Eagles Need a Push? I've I have not. But, I like that title though. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, did a brief stint. Um, I worked with a, a leadership coach um, named Lee Colin. I know I've talked to Kala about him. I'm taking one of his webinars next week. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's great. And he recommended to me, he said his favorite book was this book. And it's, it's almost a workbook. It talks about how to write your own purpose statement and what your values are. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was hugely beneficial um, to me. So I don't, it's, it's an easy read. Um, I'll check it out. That's the funny part. That's why I always tell people what we do is not revolutionary. This is right. nothing. It's not like it's something you haven't heard before. It's just these very simple steps in a certain order and partnering with somebody to walk with them. Right. And, and that's the thing that tends to unlock it is having somebody to bounce things off of and having that support because so and much trust of it, too. I think that's a absolutely. big thing. Yeah. Yeah. For yep. sure. Mm -hmm. It's all of that. And it is so much of, of leadership and owning businesses and really just life in general is we feel very, very alone. We feel like people will not understand our problems. And so we don't talk about them. We just kind of bundle it up inside and hope that it will get better the next day. And so, so much of what we're trying to do is solve that loneliness, trying to help people understand that that voice inside their head that says you're by yourself, it's lying to you. 
and it doesn't have your best interest at heart. And there are people, that's what I love about doing group coaching is you get people around a table and one of the things we do is what's your biggest win for the week or last couple of weeks and what's your biggest challenge? And what I love about that is you'll have one person say, here's my challenge and I don't know if I'm going to make it. And this person over here goes, oh yeah, we went through that six months ago and here's what we saw and here's what we did. And something about that dynamic, they just understand intrinsically all of a sudden, sometimes for the first time, I am not by myself and I think I can make it through this. And that's where that partnership piece is so important to everything we do. Yeah, it really is. That's always my favorite part of the our calls. <laughs> the, the wins and the challenges. <laughs> the wins and the challenges. Because then we get a well, then we get a plan forward, you know, and it does, and it it helps you stop being so mean to yourself or that inner voice dictating how you feel for the day or for your plans or what your business is worth. And it does. It helps you kind of like get out of that and, and, and move forward. And it's been super beneficial. That was the thing when we started this that we saw over and over again that that leadership development, leadership coaches, leadership books, companies, whatever, they're very, very content to give you information. It's probably good information, mm -hmm. but they just kind of throw it at you and step back. And yeah. that's the part we wanted to lean in. We wanted to give you the information and point the way forward. But then that partnership aspect comes in. So every time, and again, this is my favorite part. So when we're developing things, I'm like, okay, that's how we're going to teach and encourage and, and point the way forward. But everything has to have a partnership aspect to it. We're not going to just create, um, we're not just going to create something that just gives information and steps back. We always want that lean in piece, which is going to be really tricky as we start to grow and try to figure out how to scale that. It's figuring out how do you provide support? So if I'm going to impact millions of people, what I'm committing to is I'm going to support millions of people and I'm going to partner with those people. So how do we do that? And so that's yeah. going to be, again, that's a good problem to have. That's so much better than, Oh, we're not making enough money. We're homeless now. <laughs> so I'll take the problem of figuring out how to scale support, but we want everything right. to be a partnership with the people that we serve. Mm -hmm. That That is the difference. Like that's, my, my, my job is personal training and, and I wouldn't have a job. If people could do it on their own. You know what Absolutely. I mean? My, my whole job is, is just to keep people accountable and encouraged and, and keep them coming in. And, um, that's so awesome that you do that for business because like, yet uh, obviously health is important, right? It's, it is very important, but, but if, if all people needed was just a little bit of, um, support and partnership to get their business going and get their dream to work like that. That's life changing. Well, but it's all tied together. Living proof. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it really is all tied together. The health, the, the strategy, the business, just life. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I'll be coaching police officers and I had one, one come back to me a few months ago and he was like, Hey, you know, we were talking about communication because they were really struggling to communicate with another shift. And so we we're talking about communication strategy and he came back and he was like, Hey, I just want you to know that communication that you taught us last time, I actually started communicating like that with my wife and it really changed some stuff for us. Like it really helped our marriage. And so to me, it's all tied together. And that's why we, we talk about being leadership coaches because you're at the end of the day, even if you don't have a team, you don't have a business, if you're a, a stay at home dad, you're leading yourself and you're leading your family. If you're a stay at home mom, you're leading yourself and your family. So it's not even like you have to be this crazy entrepreneur that's trying to build this big business to need that kind of leadership advice and that help. Because really, we have to get our own selves moving every day. And so we have to learn how to lead ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're about to give a new talk uh, starting this month about how to lead yourself through uncertain times. Because we can, you know, right now, if you look at the world, it's kind of on fire in more ways than one. (laughs) And so with all that uncertainty, it's very easy to get freaked out. And it's very easy to, to just collapse in on yourself. I mean, I think right now, I don't know the exact stats, but I was reading a story the other day about how Americans are drinking more than they have ever consumed. And I absolutely believe it. I've had those days where it's like, you know, nothing but a scotch is going to get me through this day. But we have to lead ourselves in a healthy way and we have to find a way through. And even knowing we're going to struggle, we have to try to put ourselves in that best position to win. And so we shaped it instead of doing a talk about how to lead teams and how to build your business. Right now, we're kind of shifting that public speaking to more how to lead yourself and how to put yourself in that best position to win in the middle of a world that we can control almost nothing. Yeah. Are these talks available to the public or are they just for clients? They're going to be all over the place to the point that you'll be tired of them. Okay. Okay. So we don't have to go looking. No, no. So we're, we're with all of our public speaking over the next few months, that's what we're going to do. But we're also going to take videos of all that, put it out there. Like we'll definitely get it out there. We're, we're launching a new uh, Facebook group later this month. That's going to be a private group for anybody that, that wants to work through leadership. Uh, And so we're going to have all that kind of content on there just to encourage and help people work through things. That's part of how we're help, we're trying to scale that partnership is trying to use some technology and use social media to help us do that because it's as, as much as I enjoy the one-on-one calls and we're still going to do that, that doesn't scale super well. Right. You know, when they're, right. they're one versus millions, that doesn't really work out if we're ever really going to get there. And so it's always going to be a combination of how do we go impact thousands in this arena how do we impact one person here? So no, we're going to have it. In fact, I'll send you guys some links once we get that talk up. Please do. Please do. Well, I wanted to just real quick, I wanted to pick your brain about, um, you talked about rest and the importance Mm -hmm. of rest. And Cal and I, I went over to her house last week and we were talking about how, like, obviously in order to rest, you have to have free time, but that's really tricky because you can spend that free time Seeing, but your mind can be on fire you know checking social media and the news and doing all these things like like is is resting productively a very individual thing or do you have like a a a method on how to rest in a in a productive way so it's both can i I take this (laughs) please do jump in i just want to talk about my experience with you no just because um there part of what you helped me with was um scheduling time for rest but remember the assignment that you gave me that I just wouldn't do (laughs) (laughs) that I just kept putting off and I was so stressed out about it because I had to like write about all the things write down the things that I needed to accomplish in a day and Mm -hmm. all the things that I did and was responsible for and I just it stressed me out so much And then having done that part and then moving the, I think the week after we talked about, okay, now that you see all these things that you do, (laughs) chop it in half and add in some rest and tell me how you're going to do that and get back to me. (laughs) And I wanted to die. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want my life to change. You know, I was fearful of that, but that has been the, the, the best thing. I think that it's come out of all of this and all the great things that that one has really just resonated. And that's one that, now I, I do plan my rest and I'll let him talk about his, his formula for that. But um, 
I can't not have that now. That is the key to everything and why I'm able to, like you said, have the fire to keep coming back even on the hard days. That that rest component is just like the one. That's so, it. And ahead. it's funny <laughs> how often I will be brought in to talk about something and we always end up talking about rest. It doesn't matter because yeah. once we start diet, like I can give them the leadership concepts we're talking about. Rest is a small component of that. And then I love having Q&A and just talking about their issues and what they're dealing with. And inevitably, it comes back to rest. And this is the most countercultural thing that we teach, where the world tells us that it's 24-7 hustle. That's how you find success. And if we let it define that for us, that's where the brokenness comes from. And rest, we are, we are designed to need rest. We just are. There is, there is no getting around it. If you do that 24-7 hustle lifestyle, you're eventually going to burn out. And that's going to happen over and over and over again until you either die or you figure out a better way. And so rest is as close to a magic bullet as you can possibly get. If you look at all the self-help books, all the the YouTube channels, all the information that's available about how to live your best life or whatever you want to call it. The reality is when we consume all that, what we're looking for is what's that one thing I can do that can truly unlock all this for me. And it doesn't exist. Like magic bullets are not a thing. It's a lot of hard work. Just get your ass out there and do it. But rest is as close as you will come to that because it is about, it's ultimately about restoration. It's about saying, I have poured myself out for five days, and now I need a day or two to restore myself to get ready for the next week. And without that, we end up in such a bad place where mm -hmm. we're, we're okay. We just get in this weird habit. It's almost like a drug of just working through all that and not taking that rest. And so really for rest, you have to be absolutely intentional about every bit of it. And everybody's totally different. So I, you can, it's funny, it's kind of a roller coaster. So you start out really, really bad at rest. And then you start and you need like a very strict system. And I have times in my life where I need step one, two, three, and four in order to get me into that rest mode. And if I don't have that, I can't. And so then I'll go through periods where man, I can just get into rest instantly. I don't really need that transition period. I'm just there. And then stress will stack up. I won't take a day off like I need to. And eventually I have to go back to that, those steps. And so for everybody's completely different. Some people just fall into it. Some people need that structure, but it provides that intentionality. So we provide a, essentially what I call a transition from work to rest. And it really just involves basic practices that you can do. So for me, Friday is, you know, end of the day, I'm done. And I've gotten pretty good at quitting, you know, six o'clock every day and not working till midnight. Uh, and then Saturday morning, I just kind of have this routine that I do. I, I try to do some kind of first, just I call them moments of peace. I love just making my cup of coffee and standing on the back porch. And, you know, it's Texas. so It's like a thousand degrees by eight <laughs> in the morning. But I'll stand out there and just smell my coffee and just that moment of peace to just kind of be grateful for you know, where I'm at. And then I try to have um, some kind of spiritual practices. For me, it's reading a little bit of devotional for the Bible, doing some praying for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then some kind of um, 
looking through my calendar. Part of this whole switch is really figuring out how to turn your brain and let go, turn it off a little and let go of the work. So what I like to do is go through my calendar from the previous week and I look at every single meeting I had and I kind of think through very briefly each one and say, okay, what, what did I want to happen in that meeting? What actually happened? And what I usually find is I ended up having a really good week. And in the middle of it, I didn't know that. But looking back on it, reflecting on it, it puts you in that kind of state of gratitude. And then I look ahead to the next week and I look at each meeting I've got and I kind of think through, what do I want to happen there? What are my expectations? What do I need to do to prepare for it? And then I put it out of my mind. I try to just let it go and say, look, the best thing I can do to prepare for all of that work next week is to do rest today and focus on that rest. And then I try to have some physical activity. And so it's just those basic, it's that moments of peace, some kind of spiritual practice, trying to let go of work and switch my brain, and then a little bit of physical activity. That Those four basic elements get me ready to rest. And so then the rest of the day is entirely focused on things that restore life back to my soul. It is just things that when you do them, you're just like... (laughs) This is it. If I could do this the rest of my life, I'd be happy. It's usually for me, like I love going for a walk in the park and just being outside, being around some nature. Not like I'm not, I'm not going camping. Like I've I've reached the age where I'm not going to sleep on the ground anymore, but just seeing some trees is enough for me, you know, stuff like that, you know, hanging out with my, my sons and playing video games with them or watching movies or reading or whatever it is, kind of have this short list of these bring life back to my soul. And so that's all I'm going to do that day. And I try to teach our clients to view that like a menu that you are, it's your favorite restaurant and you get to go there once a week and you get to plan it out and decide, what do I want this time? I can have anything on this menu. What do I want to do? And that gets you excited to rest and excited to go on that journey each time. And so that's really the basic formula. And the things I don't do is everything else. You know, we tend to fill our weekends with, oh, I've got to change the air filter and change the oil and go get the car inspected and all that crap that has to get done. And so you have to be intentional about those things through the week. You can't just not do them. But that day, it's protected. And I'm pretty militant about it. I mean, when people invite me to things, which I usually say no to anyway, because I'm not that social (laughs) about things. Um, But if it's that day, I don't care what it is. You could invite me to the birth of your child. Is that a thing you invite people to? I don't know. But you could invite me to something big. And I would be like, no, that's my day. No, I, that's how I am Tuesday afternoons. Don't call, don't write, nothing. I'm unavailable. My phone's in do not disturb. Like it's got to wait. That's the other thing is, um, so what do you do with your phone on your rest days? How do you, how do you handle your phone? I try to avoid it, um, but I have a pretty good system now where my, I have no notifications. And so it's not going to try to get my attention at any point. I would have to intentionally go in and dig through it to get to what I need. Um, but I try to just avoid my phone as much as I can because it's mm-hmm. not, I don't need it, you know, and we, we've got how much technology, I mean, we got just got crap everywhere. If I need to access something, I can access it. Right. I don't need to walk around with the phone. And so I try not to, I try to just avoid it entirely because it's almost never going to bring life to you. It's almost always going to have things that, that take your attention and your focus. Now, over time, I've gotten better at it. Like I had a client this weekend email me this super long email about something they were really struggling with. And I've always told my clients, like, I'm not going to respond to you on a Saturday. I'm just not. 
because I know that reading it, I've gotten to a point now where I'm good enough at resting that reading it is not going to freak me out. It's not going to get me in work mode. It's not going to get me in, you know, trying to figure it out. But I know if I sit down and try to write a response, that's going to kick my brain into gear. So I read the email and I just put it away. I sit, I hit reply later and it was waiting for me Sunday. So I rested Saturday, Sunday, I wrote up a nice long reply. And, and the beauty of it was I had had all that rest time where I wasn't thinking about it, but my brain was subconsciously kind of working on it. Knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of rest. I mean, I've got one guy that I've worked yeah. with for years trying to get him to rest and he just flat out, he's, he can't do it. And he finally did a few weeks ago. He took like a week and a half and he genuinely rested and he came back and he was like, holy crap, you've been right all these years. Like I wasn't working, but I was away from work. And so my mind was, I came back with all these ideas and all this new enthusiasm and excitement, which I'm guessing is kind of what y'all have experienced over the last month is just that, that refreshing of, okay, I'm ready for the next leg of this journey. Yeah. There was, um, I mean, cause we took what, like a total of four or five weeks off. Yeah. I I mean, it was a long time. And like I said, it started off, oh God, everything, the world's crumbling. What have we done? And then it was, okay, I'm going to enjoy this time. And I really did enjoy it. You know, I wasn't constantly at my computer. I I didn't even come in my office. It was one of those things of like, this is, we set it up so that we could do this. And so then it was trusting all the hard work that we did do to, to lead us up to this point. And then it was, like leading up, like, I guess a week ago, it started the, oh my gosh, we could do this. And everything started coming and, you know, all these ideas start coming back together. And then you're just like fired up and ready to go. You are renewed. Um, one of the meditations that I, our yoga things that I did during this break was all about rest. And they said that rest actually just means to surrender. And when I heard that, it was like, well, crap, <laughs> that's what I have to do. I mean, that's really what it is. It's surrendering it to the idea. Is of that. And it just, it hit me. And it's like, that's what I need to be doing. That's what this time is for so that we can come back and be better. It's almost an acknowledgement of our place in the universe that we are, we are so small. And, you know, as in my belief system, it's, it's because God designed us this way Mm -hmm. to understand that we don't have to work seven days a week in order to make the world a better place. We are trusting that the world is going to be as good as it can be. And that if we just give all we've got for those other six days, that rest is all we have to do. We don't have to sit there and hold the entire world on our shoulders all mm-hmm. the time. It's, it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. It's been, it's been good. I'm, I'm glad that we're back at it. I'm, I'm future focused, I guess you could say. And it, it's just nice to now just be showing up and just doing it. Like there's no, there's no worry about it. There's no wondering. It's like, this is what we do now. You know, like yep. we put in, we put in the work and it's, it's very exciting. And you really helped me be able to lay a really good foundation for what Leanne and I are trying to do. Well, you um, did a phenomenal job with all the homework, whether you want to acknowledge <laughs> it or not, you, you really bought into it. So Kala says that you're basically the first homework that she's completed all the way through. <laughs> I'm the first homework I've completed all the way through. So I, I feel that entirely. <laughs> no, it's so true. I was forever the person that would do the homework, but not turn it in because I just didn't care what anybody else thought. And I didn't want to hear. And what do they care if I did it or not? But I cared what you thought. And I knew that I needed to turn it in because I knew that I was going to get, you know, 
good, good information back. So it's been really, really cool. Really, really cool. Well, And this whole idea of rest is so hard for so many people too. I think the other yeah. thing that you've got to have to make it work is a lot of grace with yourself when you don't do it well. I mean, I've had totally. days where I just wake up and I'm, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was anything that happened the week before or whatever. I'm like, I'm not doing my routine. I don't care. I know it's beneficial. I'm just not doing this today. And yeah. I've had those days. And, I, and that weekend, I come out more tired than when I went into it. And so in that moment, I can sit there and beat myself up. But I know if I go down that road, I'm just going to avoid rest entirely because I'm, I'm just down on myself for that. And so you really have to have grace and say, look, there's going to be times that I do this incredibly well. There's going to be times I don't do it as well. And that has mm -hmm. to be okay, too. There has to be that flexibility. Otherwise, then you're trying to follow this law of rest, which is no different than not resting at all. Like it really right. is finding this weird middle ground where there's flexibility but there is restoration in the middle of that if you're willing to take those steps. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need, it's almost like an experiment. Like you need the comparison to know like, okay, this does really work. Absolutely. <laughs> it, well, and like I say, it's a roller coaster. There's times that you're going to do it really well and there's times you're not and you eventually get back to it. The goal is, it's not that the, the, the chart is always moving up and you're always successful and everything's rocking. It's that it's going to go down. So do you just stick in that trough or can you actually climb back out? Yeah. Can you pull yourself back Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And rest is no different than anything else. It's just like that where you're going to have good times and bad times. And you learn during those bad times, oh, I remember how good this was and you get back to it. Yeah. And you guys took off, you said four or five weeks? Yeah. So was that, I'm curious, was that like four or five weeks of pretty good, solid, not doing any work at all? Or was there a little bit of That was literally work? nothing. That was, oh, wow. everybody turn it off. And that all of the work that change. we, yeah. And it, what's funny is I don't even know if you, so we had finished one of our last calls, you mm -hmm. and I, Chad. And I talked about when I started this, you know, like my business is six years ago, I always wanted to take August off. And when Leanne yeah. said that she was going to trust me enough to come on and do this with me, I was like, I'd like to be done in August so that I can have like a little bit of summer with my kids. So we finished up a call and it wasn't even 15 minutes after we finished. I called her and I was like, listen, we're done working for five weeks. Everything's <laughs> handled. Don't worry about it. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, we've done the work. We had enough content, you know, and things yeah. to, to stay with our message and really allow us to step back and not feel like we weren't still working towards what it is that we're working for. But we were really able to just step back. And, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do that is because we have all these books that people send to us or recommend to us all the time. And we didn't have time to read them because we were working. <laughs> we, you know, we couldn't get better. We couldn't get creative. We couldn't do the little things. And if you could get paid to read half to a that. book, we'd all be millionaires. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> right. But, but during that time, I finished a book that took me four months to read and finished another one and started another one after that. That's so, awesome. you know, it, it's been incredible. And to have that and we're going to do another big stint and then we're going to take some time off again at the holidays. And it's exciting to know that a little bit uh, to, to plan that rest out and to know that mm -hmm. it's coming makes the work, at least for me, hell of a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's more manageable and it's, and it's exciting to know that there is a break coming. That's what we try to, we try to recommend to people is that weekly regular rest that we need. But then there are those times if we can step away for an extended period, whether it's, you know, a few days or a week or a few weeks, whatever it is, we need those too. Because while that, 
to me, the, the weekly rest is just about maintaining where you're headed and being having the energy to do that. But those really great ideas and that really great, you almost have to dig deeper for that, that excitement that comes with that extended rest. And so that's whatever that looks like. Like my dream has mm-hmm. always been to take July off and I've never managed it. We are doing it next year. And it takes so well, it takes so much intentionality. Like you have to plan so far in advance and you have to work for that. And you guys did a great job of that. That's so why I'm curious, Leanne, did you, so did you take that month off also from your coaching? No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think so. But it, so is that anything that you would ever want to do? Um. Well, honestly, COVID has been like a version of rest because people have fallen off and, you know, got yeah. scared and the gyms closed down and, so it's, and, and I have definitely learned that I don't like saying no to people and I do love my job. So the, the beauty of my job is I create my schedule, but if I don't protect it, like you said, then it becomes everyone else's schedule. And I was, I was saying yes to too many people and my days were getting longer and more spread out and sporadic. And, and with COVID, it was kind of like a reset button and in, in a few ways, um, my schedule completely shrunk. I mean, I had a few clients that I, it didn't shrink down to zero, thankfully, but it really slowed down and it gave me a sense of appreciation for the clients that stuck with me and that I still got to do my job, but I didn't feel watered down. Like I, I was getting spread too thin before. And now I know that I'm going to moving forward, protect my schedule. And if, if I have a new client coming in that I want to work with and they can't work in the times that I have allotted, then I, then I'm sorry. Like I'll point you to someone else who maybe can work with you, but um, it's been a, a really positive change in that, in that way, for sure. Absolutely. The, the more you say yes to other people, the more you're saying no to your eventual impact and what you could do mm-hmm. if what you're saying yes to is outside of really healthy parameters. If it's, Hey, we need to, we need that coaching, but we need it at three in the morning. I'm sorry. I'm not doing, that. <laughs> you know, for right. me, I'm old. So it's like, if you need coaching after 9 PM, I'm out. You <laughs> I'm know? out. Uh, us too. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do some of our West coast calls and we have to like rally to get there. Like, you know, it, it's oh, hard. Man. There's no way I'm doing this, this Facebook coaching thing right now that I'm going through about creating groups and stuff. And they're based in Australia. And so they're like, we do a live noon at Australia. It's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, that's like 10 o'clock here. Are you crazy? I'm an hour in the sleep at that point. Yeah. Yep. By the way, I actually can do a good Australian accent. That was just kind of a half accent. So I just want I just want y'all to know that I feel like I could be really good at accents and I could hey, do that for a living someday if I wanted to. I could have a real Australian come in here. But yeah. You could, could you? He could be the judge of that. <laughs> His isn't even good anymore. That's the funny part. He's been in America too long. I'm like, it feels fake. I'm like, what are you doing? I would fight so hard to hang on to that. Like if I had a cool accent, I mean, I'm from, I'm from West Texas. So basically yeah. my accent is redneck. <laughs> and I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit. Like over time, it's less and less. And I'm not sure what caused that, but it did. So but- it's so funny because Simon's is in reverse because he had his accent and he was working out in oil fields when he first came. And he, so he was out in West Texas and they couldn't understand a damn word he was saying. So he had to like quickly like change his tone. So That's it's hilarious. really funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> the things we do. <laughs> Every time I see Simon, I forget 
that he's Australian until he says hi, and then I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I that's the one thing in life I will never. Uh, it's always going to be a regret. I've always wanted a really cool accent, and I just yeah. it's never going to happen. Like I wasn't never born too in the late, right Chad. Spot. Live your dream. Yeah, I could move to England, and by the time I'm 80, I'll really have that accent rolling. So no, all you have to do is move somewhere else, and then you will have the cool accent. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You New Zealand's been looking pretty good these days. So oh, maybe, maybe right. I'll head there. Leanne was just there with her dad. Oh, Were God. you really? Yeah, right before COVID, at the middle of February. Wow. And it was, it's a dream over there. It is beautiful. Oh, I know. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and you might have been better off staying there if you were at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Except for the last day we were there, my dad and I were hiking, and we ran into this lady who just hikes that, she just hikes that mountain every day. And so, well, sure. That's what you do when you're yeah, in Hobbit yeah. country. She's jogging up the mountain with her dog, and, and she struck up a conversation, and she talked about how much she loved living there, but she mentions at the end, she's like, except we're about 300 years overdue for a super earthquake. And I was like, <laughs> super earthquake? <laughs> I was like, get me on the plane. I need to go. <laughs> well, if it happens, you know it's going to happen in 2020 because that's just the trajectory that it's going. So you get out of there just is. in time. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Chad, what is your, um, with everything that's happened in 2020 for you in your 40-year plan, is this just going to be a blip on, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. You, I have to view it that way or I'm going to end up crying on the back porch <laughs> with, your, with your scotch. <laughs> yeah. Scotch. Yeah. No, it's, I, I, that is kind of the beauty of having a really long vision and, and listen, not everybody, I'm, I'm kind of that way. Like I love things that are big and grand and almost scary how aspirational they are. That's what gets me going. I, if it was mm-hmm. a, a five-year plan, I don't give a crap. I'm not getting out of bed for a five-year plan. Okay. And so I, not everybody thinks that way. Some people, they could create a five-year plan and that drives them and that's great. That's but I've got to have that big, just huge, I know what the mountain looks like, but I have no idea what the steps look like. Mm-hmm. And that actually helps so much in years like this when so much is out of your control. Because I had a vision for what this year was going to look like. I mean, at this point in the year, we're sitting here September 9th, we would have just finished the transition into just doing this full time. And just as we were getting that started, COVID hit. And it has been, it's been probably one of the hardest six month periods of my life. Um, Because our marketing business, we help small businesses and nonprofits. Guess who's not doing any marketing when (laughs) we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so literally overnight, right before the biggest time of our entire year, most of the business just went away. And so then it was scrambling to figure out what do we do about that? From a forward partner's perspective, that's forward partners perspective. That's an interesting thing. I like it. (laughs) Um, We had, we had kind of this plan for how we were going to grow the business and all the things we were going to start in that time to get it to the point that we could make that transition. Mm -hmm. And that all kind of goes out the window. And so we immediately shifted there into how do we just create content that might help people? Because right now we just don't feel like this is the time to step out and say, Hey, you need coaching and here's all this money that it costs. Please give it to us. Mm-hmm. That just didn't feel appropriate in that moment. And so we kind of stepped back a little from that. And then at the time I had a contract to help lead the biggest church in our city. And so it was, that was such a, a hard time to take, you know, this 1200 person machine and turn it entirely and go from, 
oh, hey, we can't be in a building together anymore. Now what? And it, thankfully, it turned out incredibly well, but it was so exhausting. And so it has been a roller coaster. It has been, I mean, I, I joke about sitting on the back porch crying. There's been multiple nights where it was just, it, it's weird how in the middle of this pandemic, it hits you. It doesn't matter how good your day is. There'll just be this moment when you're like, oh yeah, the world is just burning around us. And mm-hmm. it just, the weight of trying to take care of your family. Uh, my wife has a compromised immune system. So that has been an interesting thing, trying to keep her safe. And yet tell my two teenage sons who are incredibly social that, by the way, you can't really do anything for like six months. So it's been so difficult. But through that time, even even as I've struggled and made mistakes and not done everything I needed to, I had this basic, um, I guess, guidance of our, our healthy leadership system. I applied the things that that I would normally do. Now, it looked a little different than it usually would, like before this started, working out three times a week, eating exactly like I was supposed to, really getting in really good shape. And then that just went out the door, like instantly. And so there was a period of how do we get back to that? How do we get back to just walking every day and doing little things? So it wasn't on this grand scale like it used to be, but it was at least pointed in the right direction. And Mm -hmm. so that those little steps combined with that 40 year vision really is what has enabled me to get through that six months and to, to get my fire back. I took a lot of time off in August too. I wasn't able to take a whole month, but I took, I guess probably about half of the month off, uh, which for me is incredibly unusual, but Mm -hmm. I needed that. And I, it's funny. I, I actually, yesterday I got up and was working on some stuff and I was like, I feel that fire again. I feel that drive to build and to go. But if I hadn't taken that time off, I would have crashed by now. And so you yeah. start to realize that. And so, yeah, it is, it is incredibly painful in the moment. But when you zoom out, it's, it's one year. And it's going to provide this incredible story that we can tell about, you know, 20 years ago when we made this huge transition and the world was burning around us, here's what happened and here's how we got through it and here's where we are today. So it's, it's difficult, but that 40 year vision makes it so much easier to just zoom out a little and say, we're going to make it, we are going to get through this. And that's the only thing that's got, that's kept me rolling through this time. Same, 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 same. It's been really interesting. I'm curious what you guys, so Leanne, you learned about your schedule and how to protect that. And I've kind of learned the same thing. Like now I have very few meetings that are going to happen before noon every day because I've just learned the value of, oh, I don't have to be up at like 4.30 in the morning to be this super accomplished person. Mm-hmm. I can just wake up when I wake up and I don't have an alarm screaming at me. And that might, that's probably at seven o'clock. Like that's about when I just naturally wake up. I ease into my day. I'm real creative in the morning, get a lot of development work done. And then I do coaching and then I do appointments and stuff like that. And so I've learned to protect my schedule. It sounds like you kind of learned something very, very similar to that. I did. I, uh, I've never been naturally a morning person and, and just, I, I swam in college. And so we had to get up really early and we had super early practices and stuff. And I, so I, I knew I could do it and I just never really enjoyed it. Um, and then as a trainer, it's very common for a lot of trainers to get up, you know, their first session starts at five, you know, and then you get a big break in the middle of the day and then you're going, you know, four to eight again. And, and I did that for a little while and 
I was, I was totally burnt out, but I think I was also in denial. Cause I'm like, why, why am I complaining? I love my job and like, I have nothing to complain about. I love my clients. That's a tricky spot. A lot of us fall into though, because you do love what you're doing, but you also are like, shut up and just, and you've said it to me a million times about, I could be like, when you rest, you almost feel guilty because you could be doing something. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I have that. I have that voice and, and I needed COVID because I, I was just going to keep doing it. I really was. And I, and I had this like vision in my mind of like, okay, well, I know eventually I'll want to start a family and maybe when I have kids, then I'll revamp, you know, my schedule and things. But like, I, I'm so thankful for this because I, I'm more present with my clients. I put more effort into their workouts. I, um, I'm better at communicating with them outside of their training sessions. I can put more effort into this, which like, I'm a creative person at heart. So I need a creative outlet. And, mm-hmm. and if I was continuing down that path, I wouldn't have time for anything else. Um, so it's, it's been really, it's, that's been a huge part of this year that I'm, I mean, obviously COVID is a disaster for everyone in every <laughs> world, but, but that's been a positive thing from it. So that's what I'm thankful for. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Calla? What have you pulled out of all of this? <sighs> My hair? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Oh gosh. So many things. Um, rest for sure. I mean, I know that we've talked about that, that for the last couple of years, that was, um, a message that was kind of been beating into my head, um, that how important rest was and how I really needed to take it seriously. Now I look forward to my rest days. You know, I'm like, I'm able to shut it off. It's not such a hard thing for a while there when I was practicing, you know, resting, Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds so silly to say (laughs) I struggled. And I mean, there was many days when I would skip and I'm like, Oh, well, I'll just take it off on another day. And I wouldn't, I would keep working because my schedule filled up or whatever. And, uh, my husband, you know, would come back and say, you skipped your Tuesday, didn't you? Cause he could tell because I wasn't myself. So now I like take that very seriously. And I, I take that time, not only just for, and resting doesn't mean sleeping, you know, it's just, it's doing those things, like you said, Chad, that just kind of refuel you, um, choosing from your rest menu, what, what sounds good that day, essentially. And um, another thing that really helped me was my scheduling and, and time blocking and being really, really, really intentional with my time. You guys know me very well. I have a lot of big dreams. I have a lot of things that I want to accomplish, but having them in my head wasn't doing me any favors. I needed to start like putting them in motion and doing that and, and really scheduling my time and, and knowing why I was doing those things and why it was important to me has made all the difference in the world. That's good. That's really yeah. good. And when I came over last week, I told Kala, like, she has a different, like, vibe. Like, you seem so good. And it made me, oh, thank you. I know how you feel about rest. I know you're a super productive person. So I didn't know. I, I, I knew that in theory, this was going to be a good thing, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. you never know how it's going to turn out. And, and, right. and I was blown up. Like, it seemed like you were doing so like you were rested. So I, an illusion. No, no, it's good. It's intentional, right? It's, it's, I, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing. And, and in a sense of knowing those things, it does take the pressure off. It does allow you to zoom out and say, okay, this bad day or this thing didn't work out, or this guest isn't available or this writing didn't get done or whatever. It takes all those things and say, those are still really good ideas and you can still do them. So shut up and do them or stop, you know, or take the time away from it so that you can come back and get them done. 
that's my inner voice is very mean. It's very direct. <laughs> and, and, you know, it kind of cuts through the, through the BS real quickly, but um, that, that's what I need. <laughs> the so. older I get, the nicer my inner voice gets. Like, oh, good. I've got a lot. <laughs> when I was younger, my inner voice was like, it was the same way. Get off your ass and go. And now it's mm-hmm. like, you're not feeling it today. That's okay. <laughs> See, I'll take that and then it'll be like, you know, three weeks later and nothing's accomplished and it's, I'm miserable. It's a, it's a nice middle ground you got to have. Like yeah. I, we it's talked about that, you got to have those deadlines. Mm-hmm. You know, something really interesting, I think, is that it, something you were talking about with rest and learning how to do that. And Leanne, you were talking about, well, maybe I'll have kids one day and then I'll, I'll rest and change the way we do it. The reality is one of the most valuable things that we can give to our kids is those healthier rhythms and saying, no, the world says do it this way. We're going to do it this way. This is how we're going to succeed and and getting them on board for that. Like ultimately, I spend a lot of time working with leaders who have led in a very unhealthy way for a long time. It is so hard to turn that ship. It really is to get all those bad habits out. But if we can get our kids to not go down that road, to just lead in a healthy way from the beginning, that's where we really start to change the world. That's where it moves a lot faster. I had a team member that a few months ago was really encouraging me. She was like, you, you, we need to go down that road. Like, let's just focus on the kids. Let's forget these adults. Like, screw them. They're, there's no hope. Like, They're let's so really messed focus up, on yeah. The generation. She's probably not wrong about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's the hard part's picking what to do. But I think modeling that is going to be really, really healthy for that next generation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hopeful too, because a lot of companies are seeing that their employees can work remotely and their company can succeed. And I just really hope that, like, because that changes geographically where people can live wherever they want. People can Absolutely. You know, live on a farm and be part of a Fortune 500 company. Like, I, I just see a bright future for for this i hope it kind of sticks exciting absolutely it's and it's a weird balancing act because like i worked from home for a decade and when we finally could afford to get our first office i was like oh i will never work from home again this is incredible and then the office became the place that i couldn't get any work done because everybody needed things yeah Yeah. weird balancing act like we were in fact right before this call i was sitting here going back and forth i'm like okay do we need to keep that office? Do we need the expense there? Our team is a lot smaller than it used to be. We can work from home. We've proven that. But then, and so I was literally all day. I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to dump it. We're going to dump it. We're going to save all that money. This is going to be great. And then my family, God love them, has interrupted me 17 times today. (laughs) And I was, my, my son finally walked in right before we were doing this. And I was like, this is why I'm keeping the office right here. And he was like, what? I said, nothing, just get out, go. You need to have Leanne make you a sign for your door like she did for me. Mine says mom's being indistractable right now. I'll just take that one. You can send me the mom's being indistractable. That'll work. It'll make them laugh every time they see it. It's so true though. It's so true. And like, I think about it too. You know, I was getting ready to step into a different phase in my life because all three of my kids were going to be in school. And I was like, oh, that, I mean, so my business was set up where I was going to have different working hours. I thought it was going to be more manageable. I was really looking forward to like having more time. And then that is not happening. (laughs) So now we get creative again. And so this will probably be a future episode where you really dive into this with somebody that, that specializes in kids stuff, I guess. But I'm really fascinated about you as stay-at-home mom and 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 teacher and principal. And that's going to be 
It's so interesting because I think the things that make you a great business owner and a creative entrepreneur are going to make you really, really good at that because you have the ability to lead your kids and to run that school that you're going to do with them like a business and to stay mm -hmm. on track and to make plans. Oh, we have a logo. We have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shocked about that, but that, that is pretty awesome. What's so funny is actually it's, it, it's flipped because I've always run whatever I'm doing very purposefully. It has to have a rhythm. It has to work. It has to be organized. Otherwise I, I fall apart. I can't do it. So that actually from me being a mom and staying home for so long, that's really what's allowed me to extend it into the business. It's actually been quite the opposite of I run my business as more like an extension of my family because I, you've got to have grace with people. You've mm -hmm. got to, you know, you've got to have all these different things. And that's really the way that I've set it up, but I mean, it, it's can, exciting. If you can lead a five-year-old, you can lead anybody. Well, he's my toughest client. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can kind of get whatever he wants. And he'll yeah, tell you exactly how it is too. Like there's oh, no filter yes, there will. at five. <laughs> there's no filter on any of them. Leanne can, you know. Well, but oh that, that's what I love too, is because you are so creative, Callan, you have chosen your own path. Like you push you push that onto your kids in like the most beautiful way. Like they are so individual and so unique and so proud Thank of you. And, they, and, and, and it's awesome to see that. That's how I want. To oh my gosh. That's so nice. That's, That's awesome. so nice. I'm going to well, cry. And it, it shows you too the value of all the things you go through in life. I mean, I, I know we all struggle with our past and, and the, mm -hmm. the trauma that we've dealt with. But the reality is, as we get into parenthood, then it helps us deal with that with our kids and helps us lead them better and make them into better human beings than we are. Mm -hmm. And so it, we are all the sum of all those those parts. And that's an exciting thing. It, it helps bring meaning to the things you went through that you struggled with and that maybe yeah. you still struggle with. There's things to this day I struggle with that they have new meaning once I have sons to try to guide through that same process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's lots of lessons being learned over here. <laughs> and lots of crying in the patio over here, too. <sighs> I can see that. I've, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that either. That's it's, the other side of it. No, it, it's the humanity of it all, right? It's mm -hmm. it's, I'm looking at my core values and stuff that I have hanging on on my computer in front of me all the time and it falls into those and that's what helps me keep going with with family with myself and with, with business and, and with others so it's very exciting it probably also makes it a little difficult with the current state of the world too though because you know most of our when we go through and develop those those core truths and guiding values it's about seeing outward and taking care of people and having empathy and loving others and and you look around the world and there's such an absence of all of those things that it's it's a little disheartening sometimes. You just have to get up and say, I'm going to make my little corner of the world as good as I can um, because it's it really is tough. I, I've stopped watching the news because it mm -hmm. just there's nothing there that's going to put me in the right mindset. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, go ahead, Leanne. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, we've had a couple of guests on earlier this year talk about like the news doesn't do what we think the news is, the news doesn't spread the news. The news tries to rile us up by picking yep. specific stories and spinning it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the news as well. I'm picky <laughs> about my news. Yeah. Yep. You have to be really selective. And I think that's why like we 
watch it, you know, plus you can literally watch the news for 15 minutes and then they just keep recycling the same thing over and over and over again for, for the rest of the day and yep. tearing it into a million different pieces. So I just check it once a day, trying to, I try to see if there's a super earthquake in New Zealand. That's what I'm concerned about. Most <laughs> so I check that once a day and then I'm out. I don't need to know what's happening with politics. Nothing else doesn't matter. No, it's for the best. I think <laughs> I really do. I really do. It's weird. It's, it's, it's a weird thing um, to, to really just tune out what we've been told we need to tune into yes. and really just tune into ourselves and let that really guide. Uh, like you said, it's so that's very counter cultural. Is, is that the right word? Yeah, for that? absolutely. Um, to a way to think and to live and to act, but that is where you find your, your, purpose and your passion and the right people to, to be in your life to help you get there. And you, you, you do, you attract different things when, when you approach life that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, it's like what's happening in a different city. It's like, you can only do so much about that, you know, whether it's happening or not. And I mean, you can use certain things to fire you up and, and, you know, guide you in different directions, but, but you can't physically be in a million places at once. So why is my brain there? Like, no compassion fatigue it's a real thing everybody's got all their causes and Absolutely. you you do feel compassion towards that but it can wear you out too especially if it's not something that you're intentionally supposed to be here um, Absolutely. Working, working on well and i'll give you guys just a, a quick preview this whole idea of leading yourself through uncertain times yeah. it's it's going from uh anxiety to excitement and part of how you're able to make that switch is with focus and it's understanding what you focus your time on. Yep. And so we, we try to get people to do four things. First, we want you to focus on support. We want you to have people around you that you can turn to. So yes. you, your friend bottle of scotch over here is not good support. And so you need people around you that you can text and you know that you're going to get a call instantaneously that says, okay, let's talk about it. So focus on that support. The second one is focus on your own rest. And we've talked a lot about that because you're, by doing that, you're putting yourself in the best position to win. When you're rested, you can have an event happen and it doesn't really bother you that bad. When you're yeah. exhausted, that same event is the end of the world. And so focus on that rest. The third one is focus on what you can control. What you were just talking about, we can spend all our time focused on things happening in other places, things happening to other people. And while we might need kind of a, an understanding of those things, we don't need to spend all our time on those things because at the end of the day, we can only do so much about it. And if we feel called to go do something about it, go. But as far as day-to-day -day life, there's so little that we can actually control. Let's focus on those things. And the mm -hmm. last one is just focus on who you can impact. Focus on yeah. how to help other people in your daily life. Everything from making the guy at Carabas feel good about his life and his job to, you know, the people you work with and your family and encouraging them. And if you can focus on those four things on a daily basis, it really does help you go from that anxiety to excitement from going, the unknown can either be incredibly scary or incredibly exciting. And the times that it's exciting, you're just fired up and you're ready to go and you cannot wait to see what's going to happen because there's this idea that it could be so much bigger than you could ever hope or imagine it could be. But we spend so much time in that anxiety of it's going to be so much worse than we imagine it can be. And then we imagine horrific things. Right. And that just takes Seriously. us down that dark road. And so if you can change your focus onto those four things, it really does help flip that switch over time to get you more excited about possibility rather than scared of it. Well, that's so 
Love that. That's so nice to have it in like a like bullet point, like here are four things. Because when you're in that anxious mindset, it's hard to see a way out of it. It really is. 100%. And so if you just say like, you can go down that list of four things and then, you know, call your grandma and then have a conversation and you're already having a better day, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. That's how, the, I, again, yeah. that marketing brain and how my, you, you just saw how my brain works. Take a concept, break it down into two or three or four points, and that's how you can process it. I love Make that. it digestible. Yep. yep. It's yeah. so true. I read the other day, and this might be controversial, controversial. I'm not trying to make it that way, but um, I read that anxiety is an addiction like anything else. Yes. I believe that. I Kind of like that. depression. I mean, exactly. All those it, things, they all, they all kind of interweave. It's yeah. what are you feeding? What, where are you putting your attention? And yeah, you can go down in there, but if you have even just for a second, a moment where you can step outside of your situation and help others or, or yep. make that phone call or do something that, you know, Simon always says, if it scares you, go do it. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how he lives. And that's very much how I feel about anxiety and depression and how I've been able to combat it mm -hmm. is just to say, you, you've got to look outside of yourself. You're kind of being a narcissist when you're so in your own thoughts. And all sometimes the time. that's hard to do. It's so it, well, hard. To it's not an easy thing to do. There's something darkly comforting about depression and anxiety that even though you know it's bad, you you understand it and you know, even though it's bad, you know how it's going to feel. Mm -hmm. And there's something weird about that. And there's, I remember one time I was driving, um, we live in Austin, but I have a lot of clients up in the DFW area. And so I was driving in Arlington. I was passing Six Flags. I still remember exactly where I was. And this depression, almost like a black cloud that was just blowing up behind me, I could just see it. And nothing bad had happened, by the way. This wasn't like it had been a rough day and everything was awful. It was just, I could see this coming and just feel it. And it just kind of washed over me. And I remember that being a super dark, mm -hmm. deep depression. And the only thing that would keep me from spiraling out of control was I, I called a friend of mine and I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on, but this just came on. And I feel like my world is ending as I'm driving down the highway here. And he was able to talk me through it. And we were able to kind of talk about life and what we're grateful for. And it helped. But it's weird how comforting that was, because before I dialed the phone, there was a part of me that was like, no, why don't you just kind of wrap yourself in this? And it really sucks, yeah. but you know this and it's familiar. And so it is weirdly addicting. And I, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't, I don't know all of the, the brain chemistry behind that and how it works. I just have experienced it and have tried to create very practical steps to help get out of that. Um, but it's also like it's there, there's some people that need bigger steps than that. Like those are very sure. simple steps for people that are struggling, but absolutely go to counseling, absolutely get the help that you need. If you're dealing with those things, I'm a firm believer that absolutely everyone on this planet needs counseling. I don't yeah. care how much you think you have it put together. You just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a big reason of why I started HTC. You know, <laughs> it's people need to hear other people talking about it so that they can go have their own conversations about it. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is just hearing somebody else go through it, you know? <laughs> and it's funny, y'all are doing such a phenomenal job with that because it's Thank funny you. how many of the episodes and the basic subjects, I honestly, like if I were just scrolling through, I'd be like, I really don't care about that. 
mm-hmm. and yet I'll listen to them anyway because it's interesting to hear people in their journeys and their story of how they struggled with something and overcame it and what they learned. And so I think that is such a valuable thing. And that's why I'm always excited to see a new episode pop up because it's rarely anything that I'm like, oh, that exact subject. I would choose to listen to a podcast that talks about this, but it is always so in, enlightening just to hear and usually encouraging in some way. So y'all are doing a phenomenal job of that. I'm following my list then. I just pulled it off my my computer. The, the second thing was everyone's going through something. <laughs> listen, encourage, educate, Absolutely. honest, trust the timing, make good choices. You know, those are all the things that that lead what what we're trying to do here. And, and I'm glad that it resonates and shows up because yeah. it is hard when you see you have the conversation. I mean, it's very vague. It can be about anything, but that's the point of it, you know? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where I think point. having that long vision, I'm excited to see what y'all do with it because if you can <laughs> find too. that audience and really, <laughs> and, and really grow that, there is so much value there and growing that community of people that are willing to just be vulnerable and yeah. are willing mm-hmm. to talk about things and not pretend that they have it all figured out. That's such a big key. Like when I talk about 20 year olds being idiots, my version of being an idiot as a 20 year old was trying to figure, uh, trying to pretend I had it all figured out and not realizing yet that I, yeah, yeah, we've all been there. (laughs) It's so true. Sometimes I'm there like sporadically. (laughs) I'm still still there. Like there was (laughs) last, last week I was there a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jump in and out. You're like, Oh, we don't operate like that anymore. Get back over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, Chad, thank you so much for just coming on and just holding space with us and sharing your stories. And I can't wait to see everything that you're going to continue to do with Forward Partners. I, you know, I'll be supporting you the whole way. I want to be a part of it. It's changed my life. I've said it a million times. It's changed my business. Um, your friendship means the world to me. So well, thank, thank you so you. much. That means a yes. lot. It's, I, I'm always super uncomfortable when people I know you are about me. Like it's like when people want to pray for me or, or talk well about me, there's this, every muscle in my body clenches up. But just, I do, oh, I have a funny story about that, but that's, I appreciate that's that. going in the book, of course. <laughs> no. And I just, I have to tell you, I daydream about this more than once that you're going to win some big award and influence all these people. And I'm going to get to give a speech about you and I'm going to make you the most uncomfortable you've ever been. And I look forward to that day. <laughs> just start writing that speech, get it going. I'll, all right. I will. That road. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here cheering you on. So thank you so much. I appreciate much. that. And thank you. It was really good to see you, Leanne and, and Kelly. It's always phenomenal getting to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come and be a part of the HTC community on our various social media platforms. Simply search at have the combo and click around on the links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.